You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's the first day of the new quarter, so we have to look back in order to look forward. So we look back at the last month and the last quarter as well through the eyes, the analytical eyes of independent analyst Liston Mangies, who's talking to us from self-isolation. And he's taken self-isolation even more seriously than we have to. Uh, he's gone to New Zealand and is self-isolated there. And if you're going to isolate, that's probably the best place to be, Liston. You're on the, uh, you're on the edge of global society uh, down there. How's it going? Well, talking about uh, COVID-19, we've only had one death so far, uh, and they were amongst the first to put a, a total lockdown on the entire country. Uh, as of uh, last Wednesday, I think we're, we're in day seven now. Yes. And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, we're inundated with the, with the data and the information. Uh, certainly the uh, virus is constant contained largely to a couple of uh, areas. So, you know, given the huge number of tourists who come, and again, I, on the plane, I was one of the few who was wearing a mask, um, it surprises me that it is, there is as little, uh, you know, COVID virus reported. Anyway, the story is, yes, it probably is a lot safer than many other places at this point in time. Very good. We'll stay there, listeners, as long as you can, because it is... It is I can't get out. <laughs> Therefore, you are going to stay there for as long as people tell you to stay there. But, but listen, looking back at the quarter that's just finished, I mean, I, there's lots of conspiracy theorists that say that the last week or so of rallies is all to do with making the performance look a little bit less worse than it, it was a week ago. But still, we saw the worst quarter in recorded Dow history in percentage terms with the Dow Jones falling 23.2%. was much worse than that, but still 23.2% in three months. Pretty dramatic. And it's not just three months either. It was probably seven weeks, wasn't it? Well, yeah. And uh, again, you know, we saw something like this in the depression. I was reading just the other day, there was a a two-day fall of 23.2. Um, so, you know, these, these numbers are not totally unknown, but not in our generation. Exactly. So the Dow Jones is one thing. Do you want to give us a couple of the other more dramatic numbers from the table that you kindly sent me? And I'll, I'll give people access or rather how they can access that table of changes later on. But what were the numbers that really stood out for you? Well, the, the most uh, horrifying one, I guess, was SA-listed property, mm. down 47.3. Now, that wouldn't feel quite so bad, but it was bad last year as well. So if you look at its uh, score down over two years, it's 60% down over two years. And if you just move your finger up the, the column, you'll find that over two years, gold was up 165%. So I can tell you where most people should have had most of their money, mm -hmm. but I'll tell you where most of their people did have their money. Yes, indeed, two distinctly different scenarios, uh, of course, and we're going to look well, forward. We're going to look so, forward in the future. But I mean, there's other things as well. Listen, I mean, look at the oil price for goodness' sake. I mean, I know you're looking mainly at indices, but you're also looking at commodities as well. The oil price has yeah. been a staggering underperformer. Well, absolutely. I can remember waking up one morning and being hearing that the oil price, the Brent oil price, was $32 a barrel. And I said, no, that can't be. It was 40-something yesterday. It can't have fallen that much. Uh, but sure enough, you know, with a spat between uh, a couple of leading producers and uh, 
you know, you mention uh, a bit of conspiracy theory, but it is amazing that somebody would embark on this kind of war in the middle of a coronavirus epidemic. So, uh, you know, what the question really is, what is going on there? So a number of people are facing, you know, double downs. Of course, the falling oil price is very good for South Africa, but you wouldn't notice that by any of the uh, uh, numbers that, that you've seen so far. Um, and But again, you know, if you look at uh, um, something like uh, a platinum, that was the star of last year. Even in this month, it was down 24.6. Um, if you look at gold in the, in, the, in the month to date, it was down only a tiny trickle. But it, too, was not, you know, in fact, I can't remember when everything was down let alone as down as much as this. But I think this is the point, uh, Lindsay, and, 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 you know, looking at the past numbers is of great interest. The questions that I keep fielding are, when will it be over? Mm. And the answer I give is no one knows. <laughs> That's not terribly helpful, and I'll get back to that a little bit later. Uh, but clearly, we, are, we have been hit by something that we've never seen before. And talk about hitting a wall. And it comes out in any number of, of conversations, and almost all of it gets back to, but what will we do? And the answer is, but don't worry, because the governments will look after you. And I say, that's fine, but what with? Given the kind of uh, actions that have happened, government uh, taxes, tax receipts and other receipts are going to be considerably lower. I don't care whether that's the United States or South Africa, Britain or Germany. The tax receipts are going to be down. But now suddenly we're having to pay people who can't get to work because we've brought in a, a lockdown. So we've got to keep the economy going somehow. Then the problem, and it sounds to me as though, you know, a lot of this was either not realized or we're dealing with a, you know, a problem at a time. But somebody was explaining that, you know, it's one thing to pay the workers or to help the employers pay the workers so you don't lay them off. And if they get laid off, they will get a dole. The uh, other problem is that a firm, and think of a number of services firms here, Lindsay, where you've got to pay your rent. Now, actually, rent is small in relation to the total of the uh, expenses of the month because you're paying the professionals, aren't you? And, they, you know, they get, they get their, their salaries out of that. But the firm is getting income as value that is added by the, by the employees. Now, suddenly the employees are taken out of the picture, the services aren't rendered, and suddenly you've got to pay the rent anyway. Now, that problem lands up on the landlord. We've got the same situation occurring in commercial property where somebody like Edcon is basically saying, we can't pay. Other people are saying, well, if they're not going to pay, nor are we. So we have a real problem coming you know, down the line. Now the question is, who's going to bail out the property owners? And the answer I seem to be getting is nobody. And other places you get, well, who's going to bail us out? And Oh, it sounds like it's going to be the banks. Now, the question is, we had the global financial crisis, remember, and uh, the problem was they didn't have enough uh, uh, risk reserves. They had to increase them. Having increased them now, they're dealing with risks they never heard of and were able to put into a risk basket 
but being told plunder your risk reserves to keep the economy going. I'm not sure what I'm hearing here. It sounds like the politicians have taken over the entire economy and are making it a command economy. I, I just don't know that I know how to deal with all of this. I accept it's a big problem. I accept there's no easy solutions, but I am saying that there's quite a lot to come. The reason I've gone into that diatribe... Just before way, you go on this, just, I just need to, to contextualise what you've just said and get my tiny brain to, to get wrapped around it. You're saying that the world has has adopted uh, short-term socialism in order to, to stay functioning. Is that what you're saying, or I'm misinterpreting it? No, I think, you, I think you've stated it very nicely in one sentence, where I did many. Yeah. Now, the problem we, we have with all of this is that it's uncoordinated. But back to my point, I'm saying this is what markets, and it's not markets, it's market participants, as evidenced in average price levels, uh, it's ha what people are saying. What do we do now? And, of course, there are always some people who say, well, in the past uh, uh, crashes, when the market was down 24% in a, in a quarter, uh, you really got another good quarter the next year the, or the next quarter turned out to be quite good. Therefore, we can expect the same. And I'm saying, no, 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 that's not the case. You can't expect the same. This time, it is different because the causes have not been seen before. The cures have not been pushed through before. And uh, I think I sent you a, a, a copy of the uh, crash of 29. You did. In which there are some remarkable similarities where the, you know, the banks stepped in uh, to solve the problem which they did for about two weeks, and then the force of selling. Now, take somebody who is unemployed suddenly, and the numbers are growing at a staggering rate worldwide, uh, who are not getting and have to, may have to wait uh, to, to get some relief. They have to sell assets. There isn't a choice for them. So there must be a perennial group of people. Now, they will not probably, in the, in the number that we're talking about, they will not be actually holding the shares themselves. But they will have investments with insurers. They will have investments with yeah, unit trusts. They will have investments even with banks, which they're calling on. So all of a sudden, there's a, a completely different flow in the way that money goes. Now, you remember, we also had a discussion about this. Gosh, totally independently and irrelevantly by the, to this point, but coming back now on cash flows, uh, uh, we call them circular flows. So where the, the money was leaving people's pockets to go into savings, it is now leaving institutions to go back into people's pockets. This is completely different. So what I'm saying is I don't expect anything dramatic to happen for quite some time. And when it does, people are still going to be surprised, I think, at the extent of the problems. I have actually seen numbers where people are suggesting that certain countries are going to have negative 10% GDP growth. Now, I find that very hard to believe. It says that virtually everything has stopped and will have stopped for the whole year. And maybe they were just trying to be dramatic. What we can definitely say is that Almost all countries will have negative GDP for the year of 2020. 
let's put this into practical reality if we can, Liston. And you're very good at this. I mean, you're, you're never backward in coming forward. The question that you asked earlier on, when is it going to be over? Uh, nobody knows. But you've got, you, you've got an idea which we'll come to later. How is it going to be over? And I've always used the example with a couple of other commentators. Liston has got a restaurant or a bar or even an airline. Now, Liston Airways... The first scenario, the most ghastly scenario, is that he's put all his planes into into storage and he can't reopen because all his reserves have been depleted and the government hasn't given him enough. So it can't reopen or your bar can't reopen. Uh, number two, you can reopen, but in diluted form. Either your bar only has a third of the staff that it employed before or only a third of the routes and the aircraft that it had before number three scenario is it reopens as before and takes advantage of the surge in demand and that's fantastic because you've been prudent or the government has given you money in order to allow you that luxury Uh, number four you reopen and actually you employ more people because there is such a surge in demand I just don't quite understand how how the world is going to restart itself but it's a fascinating prospect yeah, well, I think the, 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 the first point, let's, let's come back to that. Epidemics, and in particular, this type of epidemic, which is person-to-person transmission of a virus, normally has a shelf life of a given period. Now, that period it varies depending on the amount of movement that does take place. It does depend on uh, the ability of people to build up uh, uh, antibodies. It depends on on a number of things. But once virtually everybody has been exposed and either didn't have any reaction, built up antibodies and and, and had no effect, had a mild form, built up antibodies and continued, had a more moderate form or even got to an extreme form. When you get to the extreme form, you may need to be hospitalized. So for instance, in New Zealand, something like 600 people have been uh, diagnosed or tested positive. Yes. Of that, 12 are in hospital. Of that, two are in ICU. So the numbers really come down very rapidly in in terms of the, the numbers I'm talking about. And, yes, we have had one death. So, uh, And that happened to be a 74-year-old person uh, um, who had health issues in the first place, and at one stage was the only person in ICU. So the, the 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 point I'm trying to make is it does wear out eventually because everybody's been exposed to it. Now we're not being exposed to it, so that's creating some s- small problem. But okay, that has some value in that if by the end of four weeks, five weeks, maybe six weeks, um, there are no cases being reported because. It, it, it's uh, we have beaten the virus, wonderful, great, marvellous, then we can start again. Now, just taking you back, and even with lockdowns and various other things, in China, we heard, first heard about the uh, coronavirus in January, and it was apparent that it had been in op- action from, a, from December, this is uh, the person who dubbed the the system in Wei Liang. Yes, who's dead now? Who, by the way, who, by the way, died of, yes, the, exactly. of the coronavirus. Precisely. Yeah. But if you say we started in December and we finished round about mid March or maybe even earlier March, then you're basically talking four months uh, for a an entire group of people 
to get over it. Certainly, we are seeing tailing off in terms of the number of uh, new cases reported in places like Italy uh, and in Spain, although the death num- numbers are, are rising, but that's because the people are, you know, it, it, it's how the, pro- the disease has progressed. Yes, yes. But if we say if we say America is much, much later in starting, then America, as one of the world's largest economies, will really be only be able to come back on stream. Sorry, not even back on stream. The, the virus, the epidemic should be over by about the end of July, maybe August, maybe September. But let's let's make it September. Now, that's an awfully long time away from here. And in that set of months, a number of people won't have had a paycheck for uh, four or five months. And those who are weekly paid, it will be even more more serious because, of course, there will be that many more weeks. So when they do so get a paycheck, I'm, so what are they going to do with it? Are they going to re, are they going to pay back loans or are they going to start to spend? What, what, what I'm trying to get you to um, impart, Liston, is when things get back to normal, how normal will they be? This is what I need from you. Huh. No, well, correct. Well, what I, what I should say is there have been very few car crashes in the recent past. The reason being there are very few cars and trucks on the road right now. Okay, that's a good analogy. So they, won't need, they won't need replacing. Right. Okay, there's a pretty standard number of accidents per, per day, per month, per week, uh, which normally leads to requiring new uh, new vehicles. So even though the, the, the new vehicles may be being produced, there will be a hesitance or a lack of new purchases of, those, of vehicles just from that. Right. You're correct. Some, some people will be getting paid um, and will be building up some money. It's unlikely they will be putting that into any kind of uh, um, investment uh, that they can see at that stage. They're more likely to say, well, I've always wanted a new car and I've got 50000 sitting here. That's a good deposit on a car. I, I think I'll go and buy a new one. So there will be some demand. Uh, but the real question that both of us have to struggle with is how soon can companies get back on the drawing board? Mm. The problem is not your workers coming back because they are now coming back. But in the meantime, other countries and other people who were supplying you cannot get the goods to you. A, there's a log jam in the ports. B, uh, their workers are not always back and, and producing and on time. And a number of mines have closed down. And what I'm saying is that all we need all of that before we can even start to think of a return to normality. And once we get back to normality and we've had a goodly period of time to get over the, the absolute trauma, then uh, we can really believe that we'll get back on a rising path. So to be honest, I don't see that rising path coming back until somewhere in 2021. No, no, that 2021 timeframe that you've just sketched out, does that mean that you wait until 2021 before you start dipping your toe in a beaten up equity uh, pond? Or do you say to yourself, well, no, the market is very efficient at discounting uh, future earnings and future prospects and you start buying now? Just give us your your, your wisdom. You've been in the market for decades, Liston. You've never seen anything like this before, but what do you do? Just tell us that briefly. Well, this, no, the statement is fairly simple. If, if, if I can see it, then so can they. 
So if I see that it'll be improving by next year and we will be getting back to almost normality in 18 months, then I can also do the discounted cash flow and say, well, golly, you know, we'll be selling cars about the same rate and I can put some numbers into a spreadsheet and say whatever. But that, all of that is, is relatively easy in terms of the analysis. What isn't easy in terms of the analysis is the psychology of it. Um, and a lot of people, having been burnt by this, will be out of the market, I would think, for at least five to seven years. Mm. Now, if you look at, if you look at the, the companies as they might be at that stage, and you can assume, now this is a big assumption, that the big money managers will be getting new inflows, uh, then you can say, gosh, we must get back to at least, and you can put a number on it, a PE on the on the S&P of 15 instead of 18. Um, that's what it should look like, and, and you can do that calculation. But as I said, the big assumption is that people will be throwing money at the uh, funds in order for them to invest. My guess is that for quite some time when people's, shall we call them, break-even levels are, are breached, uh, they will say, thank goodness I got my money back. I just can't take this roller coaster anymore. So my suggestion is you will not see a big V-shaped recovery or anything. What you are seeing, and we saw a bit of it over month end and we saw a bit of it earlier, is that after a dramatic fall, of course helped by short selling, there was short covering, uh, there were a few people dipping their toes in the water. If you look at the headlines, you'll find that a couple of very respected investors are saying now is no time to invest. Mm. Now, just to put a bit of bit of bit more flavour on that, just a bit, if you would. Behalf, yeah, yeah. Well, on behalf of a a company that I work for, uh, we we did exactly this investigation, and we did it on three scenarios. And the scenarios were related. I won't go into exactitude here, but they were related on the length of, it, of time it took for uh, the epidemic to be over and then for normality to appear. So exactly the questions you were asking me earlier, <laughs> we were asking ourselves, and it was a, a, a fairly robust group of investment professionals, I must say. And uh, again, the conclusion we came to uh, was that in three years' time, it sounds as though we could be back to almost this normality, but to, in order to be cautious, um, you should um, um, hold your fire for at least until, and in various scenarios we said, until various uh, levels had been uh, breached. And by the way, one of the big questions that comes up in this is whether Donald Trump can survive if the coronavirus attack is still in action in uh, in October. If it is over before that, and particularly if it is over, I can't say by Easter, but is over quite quickly, I'm fairly sure that will assist his chances. He will say, I did it, we did it, we're wonderful, look what we've done. And even if the economy is not looking in such rosy condition, uh, he, he will claim it, and I think he will get some support for that. So, just looking down the line, that is the kind of thing that 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 we've had to do. If you if you bring it back to South Africa, 
South Africa was in a dire, dire straits, as I've been saying to you for five years now. It is dire. The situation is so bad, I have never seen it worse. Yeah. And people say, no, but in the bad old days, I say, you forget that we had all sorts of benefits as a country, not related to the politics, but certainly we we had ways to to accommodate problems. Now we have very little, and unfortunately with whatever it is, 29 or 30% unemployment in the official areas, the 18 million on the on the, the benefits, 16 and 17 million working, it just can't work, as I've been saying for, as I said, five years. It's just not. Now, suddenly you get this. The situation has got to be unbelievably extremely dire. And in the middle of that, we get downrated. Mm. My goodness. Um, and listen, we have to I leave have it. Well, listen, we have to leave it there. And I'm sorry we have to leave it on such a downbeat note. But um, on the on the upside, surely it can't get any worse than this unless we go to the IMF. And I'm talking about South Africa now. And on uh, a very positive note, you're in the land of the long white cloud. You've only got one death. Uh, you've got very few infections compared to the rest of the world. You're managing it well, which is more than you can say for the United States or America. And it really annoyed me that Mitch McConnell said last night, well, the reason that we didn't manage it very well or the president did was because he was too caught up in the impeachment uh, process but that finished on february the 5th so i I don't buy this whole thing anyway liston thank you so much for your time you can contact liston at the following email address liston at liston.co.za liston is an independent financial analyst the views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.